Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Triforce Podcast. Oh, That's right. Back. We're back. Where we're back. we back. continue uh, to try to find uh, strange outlets for our COVID lockdown and freezing cold weather shit. Oh, it's a beautiful um, day today. Man, it's beautiful here today. We talking it is about sunny. freezing cold. It is sunny, but I heard on the radio this morning. Right. Oh, well, Alexa told me in the, <laughs> in the news report, actually. That's that's my equivalent of radio. Right. Uh, she said that it's going to be a white Easter Right. Yeah. So, so first of all, sad that it's getting cold again. But second thing, I don't know when Easter is. Is it? I. I is is isn't it is the, the last reason... Sunday in March, or is it the last Sunday in April, or the first Sunday in April, or is it the Something third like Tuesday after Pentecostal Grunge Day? It's I like think. a fucking floating holiday. I don't. Do you reckon know. that's why they have the Easter egg hunt? Because you always have to fucking search for when Easter is. I think. I, mean? I think like it might be a representation probably, of that. Yeah. I mean, so, I. I, I when I was a kid, I don't know if this was the case for you guys, Easter was when I got chocolate in a large enough quantity that I felt secure. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, yeah. I've, got, I've got enough chocolate now to last me a while. I've got like a stash. If it wasn't Easter or Christmas... <laughs> like a squirrel. <laughs> right? yeah, like, yeah, it's literally, this is my harvest now. We must we must look after or, it. Or a, fi- or a 65-year-old man who's invested in a pension his whole life and is finally... Finally like, getting the payoff. Oh. So for oh me, God. Easter was a big thing. And also, you had school holidays and stuff like that based around it. But now, I want a big bar of chocolate. I just fucking go buy a big bar of Man, chocolate. Man, yeah, that's it's like a very common thing now, right? Like, if you, I don't know if you've been to WH Smith recently, but oh holy my God. crap. What is it with, like, I mean... The snaking chocolate cube. That, it's huge. It's crazy. It's just like a sign of the times, I guess. People love chocolate. What are you talking chocolate. about? There's people in WH Smith buying chocolates. Oh my god! You They've got to be the biggest confectionery retailer in the UK right now. Like <laughs> what do a, you a mean? store, a store previously known for selling magazines and books and stationery is now um, competing with like massive grocery stores and everything for confectionery. Like they sell I, so much chocolate, it's it's insane, and it's it's all it's, because yeah. of the queues yeah. to get out of this to to get to the tills to pay are just lined with confectionery now. It's, it's, it's probably insane. their number one seller, in all honesty, other than back-to-school yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. I I suppose you are right. It is the place that people pick up snacks for journeys. There's always them in the airports sure. and yeah, yeah. train stations. Yeah. And I guess for some people, chocolate is a little bit like cigarettes. You know, you you need a chocolate bar to keep you going I, d- I honestly don't eat sweets that much, but what we do is we get there's a there's a brand of chocolate called Tony Chocolonely. Right. Yeah. Right? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Fuck me. That doesn't <laughs> sound like the brand of chocolate of somebody who doesn't eat sweets that often. That sounds really I know, refined. But let me tell you right? something. That sounds like it's, 
It's so good, dude. It is so fucking good. Like Tony right. Chocolonely. The branding kind of makes it look like one of the Willy Wonka bars in that right. it's, it's big. And then the print is very bright colors, very big letters. Uh, we thought it was Tony Chocoloni, but it's Tony Chocolonely, which makes me think, is this for Jeez. sad people? But it is honestly, if if I, I would I I would I would recommend. So much basically everything. it's it's, right. it's come up with by this guy apparently who thought he was the only person in the world who was opposed to child slavery and child labor. So he he deliberately made a company to ensure that none of his chocolate came none of his chocolate used that. And this was in 2002, apparently. Huh. So wait, hold that's on. Why, that's where the loan back up a from. minute there. Yeah, he thought he was the only person in the world who was opposed to that. Yes, apparently. I guess in the chocolate industry, everyone is just so complacent and used to just ignoring the fact that there's horrible stuff. As most people are in business, you know, these guys in suits sat at the ivory tower, not the ivory coast. <laughs> big, that's that's big, where the slavery is happening. chocolate at it again. Wouldn't you like They're to have an ivory children, tower? And then you got the little man, Tony Chocolonely, coming by. <laughs> exactly. And he just wants to make a difference. He just wants to save the kids. Yep. But big big chocolate won't let him. They big try chocolate. and they, they buy explicitly uh, from farms that are not using exploitation. How do they ensure? Do they call them up? Do you guys have any slave children there? Uh, no. No slave children here. And <laughs> <laughs> what about turning it on its head and actually singing from the rooftops that you are employing child labor? Like, uh, why, has, why Why not put a couple of, like, sad-looking kids on the, on the chocolate bar and be like, these sad kids made this chocolate and stuff? Just embrace the, the illegality of the Here's whole thing, Here's a question. Right? You know the way they put right. that on cigarette packets, a picture of someone's lung falling out of their yeah. nose and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put a picture of the sad... It's slave people that made yeah, you your a kid like sewing a soccer bar. ball with his bare hands. And... Right. How many people mm. would stop buying the chocolate? I uh, nobody. Everyone. No, no, no one would. would stop. No, everyone. Would. No, no dude, one would. They would. You buy a chocolate bar to make you feel happy. You buy a pack of cigarettes because you need those fuckers. Yeah, Do but they mean? also you... make you happy. It's. It, yeah. I don't. I don't think you can compare the addiction that people have to nicotine to the addiction people have for chocolate. It's obviously different. But yeah, yeah, sugar completely. addiction is a real thing. Your body craves it. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people would still buy the chocolate. I, I don't think it would affect sales that much. Well, at all. I don't think it's affected cigarette sales that much. And you can see these fucking diseased ass lungs and teeth and stuff. And they're still smoking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, if you, if you talk to smokers, they collect them. Like, uh, like yeah, playing yeah. cards, right? Like football like, cards. Like, oh, look, I've got uh, emphasis. I remember, like, even, even when I used to smoke in, like, the 90s, when I was, uh, like, in my sort of late later teens they had all of that all of that stuff and uh you used to get the we, we didn't collect them because they were kind of gross but you saw, you saw the gum disease ones and the and like you know the uh the diseased lung and the and the rotten teeth yeah. and everything and i don't know i mean it didn't, it didn't bother you it wasn't a deterrent so i, I, I don't think it would make well it doesn't bother you because when you're a certain age, you think you're invulnerable and you think you're immune and you won't happen to you and you think you're immune to it. You know, I think that there's so many people go through life with this psychology Isn't that, 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 true that of they're not part your of, whole they're life, special though? somehow. Right? I don't think that's unique to younger people. I mean, look at the people during a pandemic who are still traveling, still trying to go on holiday, still spreading a virus. You know what I mean? I, I think everybody carries that with them, or at least certain people do, where they're they're just like this doesn't affect me i've got my own rules 
I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I like. You know, like, I, I think it's the same. I, you actually, you are right. I think people are the center of their own universe. Yeah. And as a result, they, we can't help it just assuming that we feel like, oh, you know, other people get lung cancer. I'm not going to get lung they, cancer. Yeah. You know? They did this thing over here where there was a couple of cases. We had a whole bunch of cases of COVID and um, we went into like another lockdown. The cases went right down. and uh, But they were still finding every once in a while like these these sort of bursts of cases would come through. And they did like a... I think they, they basically followed up to see... They were interested to see in, in this particular case how... The spread happened and um th- without naming names they just sort of like walked through um you know the events that led to a bunch of people getting covid and um and the whole time it was like person a uh went to a party attended by person b and person c person d later on got it and then went to a party where person e and, per- and you're just thinking why are you going to a party during these times? <laughs> it's how what, what goes through your mind when you think that there's millions of people that have died from this and you're just going to a party all the same like you would have you would have done before this broke out it's crazy. They had a, a, they had a big report on the news last night about uh, people who just fucking didn't give a shit met up had had these huge parties it, it happened all over the place. Yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's yeah it's it's, it's it is mind blowing isn't it? I mean you've had it flax like you you know that it's fucking terrible right well like I, here's the here's the thing um <clears throat> a few people have said to me this that his he, uh, people don't listen right so for example a friend of mine said that they thought they already had covid because they had a bit of a sniffle in march so they think they're cool they think they've had it right. and i said well you'll know when you've got it because you, you'll be sicker than you've ever been in your life it's fucking horrible and everybody's wading in in the comments with oh no 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 it affects different people differently actually and i'm thinking that's become the thing hasn't it yeah. that, oh you can get it and not even know so people just think ah who cares and then kind of ignored it you, why, why you, are we taking such chances? i don't know how you wade in with an opinion if you haven't had it in that in that context it's, i mean well, they are I, right weird. some people i mean for instance for, for some of the guys i played dota with one of them's had it and he he just lost his sense of taste and smell for he lost for quite a while but he wasn't like poorly otherwise he had a bit of a croaky throat he wasn't like bedridden like i was so it does affect different people differently it's possible that this person had it but all i'm saying is why are we being so laissez-faire about it and saying ah well some people it doesn't affect you know for older people especially for people people who are sick and don't even know it um a friend of mine died of it he didn't have any health problems he died he was my age so it does happen just take don't take any fucking chances come on guys it's a global pandemic can we fucking just get on board with this please jesus sorry but this is this was uh yeah i'm really sorry to hear that's crazy um this is just to reinforce the point that i think people um continually throughout their lives believe that they're somehow invincible or somehow exempt from the rules that everybody else seems to have no problem following um and then you know going to a party or whatever it just seems crazy to me like i I think i think people have this power to self-justify they hear one thing and they think that's probably what happened to me and then that becomes the gospel in their head and then everything they do is you know alleviate no one goes through life constantly feeling well some people do constantly feeling anxious and guilty about what they're doing but those people don't tend to do that many bad things you know i think people who people who do bad things feel like they have to do them for a reason either it is to you know, for something, maybe they they want a new phone. <laughs> you know, it's Man. funny, but um, my my dad always used to say when we were talking about um, like whenever I go to see him in the states, there's a lot of driving because it's America, right? So you know, you're chatting and stuff like that. We were listening to the radio, and there was some news thing about how uh, the police had caught some guy with like hundred kilos of 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 horse in his boot, 
you know that's that's heroin obviously like yeah in, in, in his boot and i was like how dumb do you have to be to get pulled over by the police for like a busted taillight because it's always some shit like that like the guy's driving up from mexico or wherever with all this heroin <laughs> and right. he gets busted because he's like taillight sharp and then he's like yeah sure thing officer <laughs> no other problems <laughs> i'll just be going he's like uh what is that in the what's that in the back of your car there sir huh <laughs> <laughs> looks like uh, a bit white down a little powdery there, there sir it got a little uh, unidentified powder coming up out of your car that for some reason there in the very far i can north hear now. a light whinnying there's a man coming from your in here. he's got he's got a bunch of live horses in his car <laughs> but uh, my dad was like well if you're gonna break big laws you're gonna break the small ones too so these guys who are willing to potentially spend the rest of their lives in jail to smuggle a load of drugs aren't going to be fucking signaling before a turn. They've already abandoned laws. They've opted out of the whole law thing. I don't in know society. though. I feel like I would be even more careful. Like, you would I, like think if that. I was a cop, I'd be looking for extra cautious drivers. Um, yeah, right. But you're not a that, criminal. Those are the guys that are transporting all the horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're just going riding. We're just going equestrianism with our horse. This is fully legal horse. Senor, I am just moving my horse to the north. <laughs> it's a little far north here for a 100 kilogram horse. I think that's a little small for him, eh? 100 kilo horse must be tiny, right? Oh, man. It's like a big dog. My dog weighs 20 kilos, I think. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you do see oh, yeah. How is your dog doing? Oh, Aggie? She's she's great. Nice. She's uh, she's involved currently in a, in a long, ongoing power struggle regarding the sofa. Right, right. Um, mm -hmm. So she understands that the ranking in the house goes, me and Mrs. F, the kids, her, right? She understands okay. that. She, she's the <laughs> smallest good. one. Uh, the cat <sighs> operates in a small fiefdom of her own upstairs, but for Aggie, right. the downstairs area, she just wants, like, she, she, she loves me and Mrs. F. She's fond of the girls, you know, she doesn't go as nuts for them as she does for me and Mrs. F. They do feed her most of the time, so she's starting to begrudging respect, and they do walk her and stuff like that, but you can just tell that then she's not as into them as she is into me and Mrs. F, because right. she understands, on a dog level, that I sometimes tell my daughters off, and she's watching intently, like, oh, yes, moving up the ladder. That, yeah, right, you know, I so see. In her mind, in her dog mind, anytime I tell one of the kids off, that's bumped Aggie up a notch, and the other one's gone down. So less food for her now, and more for <laughs> Aggie. That's how she sees it. So with the sofa, okay. if, every evening when I come down after stream and I sit on the so, sofa and watch telly. I just like this whole thing being like a fantasy castle <laughs> yeah, like really realm, realm setting. It's very well. Game of Thrones in her little mind. So I sit <sighs> on the sofa, and she wants to sit next to me. And she, she lies lengthways next to my legs and she like snuggles in and she's like very happy and she looks up at me and I have to pet her. And when I stop petting her, she looks up at me sadly again. So I have to, basically this is like her time for, to just, for me to pet her on the sofa. She loves it. She's very happy. Sometimes one of the kids wants to sit with me. And uh, you know, I, I love cuddling my kids. So I'm sitting there with my, with my daughter, one of my daughters watching the telly. Aggie looks horrified. This is like, oh my God, I'm losing yeah, they, my they, position. They're, ter they're territorial too, right? Very. Like, when they think that something's theirs or whatever, like they're. Yeah. They're so she will crazy. sit there and stare, or she'll get up on the sofa and look at my daughter and me with this sort of horrified look. And then she'll gradually try and creep. And if a gap opens up between us, it's like even an inch. She'll try and leap in there and like shove my daughter out of the way with her legs and stuff. It's uh, 
I don't let her do it because I don't Man, want my her daughter to think... does that to my son now. <laughs> right? And they're they're people like it. <laughs> yeah, they, it's it's really weird. Yeah, it's a, like it's a they, mammal thing. We're so we, get, we, we have these like my daughter's going through this phase now. Like she's five, so she's waking up in the night and she feels frightened so she she has to like you know come into our room and and get get into our bed which is you know fine like we went through the the whole thing with my son as well but on on the odd night um my son will come in as well he'll hear the commotion he'll come in too and he'll be like oh you know like i want to get in too and then they'll actually have a full fight like no i was here first there's not enough room for you no no i need to get in there and you're just like it's fucking three in the morning. Like, how do you guys have the energy for this? It's, yeah, uh, I'm, like, I'm like, like half comatose. Like, it's bad enough that one of them wants to get in there. And then, but this but is how you end up. This is how you end up sleeping in his bed, and your wife ends up sleeping in her bed. And yeah. it's just like you just switch well, places. Well, uh, listen, right? uh, all all parents or or soon to be parents out there. The best advice I can give you is get your kids into like a like a single bed as soon as possible. As soon as they're like it, like it's safe enough and comfortable enough for them to get into like a full size single bed, do it because it's like such a good backup. You know, like when your when your bed is like overflowing with extra people because of like frights <laughs> in the night. Man, you've got like I've got my pick of single beds I can sleep in and get like a you know decent amount of shut eye. It's pretty good. I know we never uh, let the kids sleep in with us ever. Oh, uh, we just well, we, 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 we've completely though. given they're up. Like in, in some ways, because it's like <laughs> you like you just spend all night back and forth, you know, like, okay, are you like you're you're less frightened now? You are fine? Yeah, okay, okay, go to sleep. See you in the morning, great. Like five minutes later. Like I remember this did happen and, and certainly my my eldest never tried this because she's just kind of she's always been if she's got a problem, she'll keep it to herself for weeks until she suddenly realizes, nah, she can't solve this. And then she'll come to you. Right. So she'll be like, three weeks ago, so-and-so said this. What do I do about that? And I'm like, well, what do you mean three weeks ago? What have you been doing since then? And she, she's very independent. She wants to try and solve it herself first, which is admirable. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, sometimes it'll be something that, as an 11-year-old, I know she can't handle and she needs help. Right. And yeah. she won't seek it until she absolutely needs it, which I think, honestly, that'll serve her well in later life, being quite independent, solving problems on herself, not being helpless or whatever. I, I, I think that's awesome. But um, you got to look for help sometimes. My youngest yeah. is the opposite. So she'll just decide, so she went through, goes through these phases where she decides she's had a nightmare and she needs to sleep in with, with me and Mrs. F. Sometimes we let her. She's pretty good. Uh, she'll stay quite still and go to sleep. My eldest, whenever when she was a very little, she used to sometimes sleep in with us. Very kicky, yes. very punchy, rolly. And my daughter's shouty. the same. She, oh. It's like a wrestling match. Like, it's awful. It's fine like when she's just going to sleep, but once she's once she's actually asleep, Oh my god! It's just, it's, it's like I, well, I woke up one time and I thought somebody was jumping on the bed. I turned out she just like flailing, like but she was completely asleep. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. it's weird, right? They're just different. Like we, yeah, our, like our our but oldest I, I, is the same. I always send just her back. Like, if, I, if I'm there, like if, if, when I'm away, when when I used to go away, like either I'd go down to Bristol or I'd go to Dota event or something, I'd be away for a week or two. One of the kids would always come in and sleep with Mrs. F because yeah, you know, they're, I think they're that's on, a and also because thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I'm not there. Mrs. F is like, you know, I'm happy with this because someone else is in here and, and it, yeah. it's nice. And then you get um, to do the the trick, especially when they're re- really young. You get back and you're like, "Who's been sleeping in my bed?" <laughs> like you act like you're all pissed about it, and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing the scary dad stuff. The oh yeah, game. I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah and they, I they... still do it all the time. It's good. Yeah, it's of course. But isn't that my favorite part? Is they know it's a game, but they're also really scared. Like, yeah, I my, used to be my... scared. My dad did a thing with the oven glove, where he would 
he would put on the oven. We had an oven glove that looked like a sort of uh, a, a lizard. So it was like right. a lizard's head oven glove. It went all the way up your arm. And he would peek it around the door of the dining room from the kitchen. And I would just see this glove and I would be shrieking in terror. <laughs> and this thing would be sort of opening its mouth at me and like looking all scary. And I was terrified. I was like, oh, daddy, no, my God. And looking back, it's like I knew it was him. And I, but I, and I was laughing, but I was also genuinely afraid of that thing. Yeah. Which was yeah. How does that happen? I mean, it wasn't like he'd put stuck blades on it or anything. No. Or there was any, like, but I remember being was... really afraid. So, of course, I do that to my own kids, and they think it's hilarious. It makes me worried, though, whether you are... I don't know whether that's... I don't know. I don't know whether, I don't know whether, where the line is up there, right? When are you just scared, like, traumatising your kids? No. And when, oh, like, you, it's, you know... It's not like it, I'm waking them up at four in the morning yeah. with the oven glove. <laughs> you know, no, you're not, like, I'm... Yeah, you're not, like... It's not three o'clock, you're, oh like, turning God, on the, the vacuum cleaner in their keep room. Keep them out of your bed, though, right? You, they come into your bedroom, and the oven glove's there, and they're like, oh... You know, well, then if they wake up scared, then again, maybe this, maybe the oven glove is not a good way to keep scare out of your bed as well. No. I don't know. Anyway, shall we move on? Um, did you know that? Did you see the news that the NASA had landed this thing on Mars this week? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, had, I haven't actually caught up fully with the news, but yes, I was aware of it. Oh, it's amazing! I watched it is the amazing. launch. I watched the launch on stream because it's very tense, right? This has taken them years and. A lot of money and a lot of planning and a of lot course. of science and everything. So this thing, this what they did was incredible. And what it's going to do is also incredible. So this thing came into the atmosphere. And it was traveling at like five or six kilometers a second or something stupid like that. And it hits the atmosphere and slows down. And then this huge parachute comes out. And as it's going down, it jettisons the parachute. And now it's got this sky crane thing, which is like this rocket propelled landing craft that lowers the perseverance down onto the ground. This thing is the size of a car, and it's all mm. doing this. Yeah, it's huge. It just has to know. But as it it's coming huge. in, it does this radar scan of the ground and finds a landing site. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a bit bumpy. All right, we'll go for that bit and aims for this bit where it's going to land. It's, it's astounding, and it just had to do it all by itself because obviously with the, what is it, nine-minute, ten-minute difference... Um, it depends on the orbit of Mars, I guess. But whatever the difference is, we don't know. We're just like, well, hope this goes okay. And it's yeah. either crashed or it hasn't by the time we find out. And then it's down and it immediately sends a picture. And then we've got videos and we've got sound. And there's a little helicopter they're going to fly around. It's amazing. It yeah. is amazing. It's wild. They yeah. got a little drone, yeah. <laughs> a little, uh, well, I guess, uh, can you call a drone a mini helicopter? I suppose it's, it's, yeah. it's more than sure. that. What would you call it? Well, I mean, it's called a drone. I think everyone knows what, it's, what a drone is. Why are they calling it a mini helicopter? I did. Just for, for like, dads who don't know what a drone is? Come <laughs> I think on. dads are the most likely to know what a drone I is. Feel, I feel like Perseverance is uh, be, be called that because we've obviously had crashed ones before and stuff. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's good to, like, finally get something something down but yeah like i don't know it's it's what's what's it what's it gonna do then what, what what's the exciting stuff it's doing it's actually collecting samples this time yeah, it's got like more scientific stuff, right? uh, instrumentation on it where it is uh I, I think it's it's primary goal is to um try to discover if there was life on mars at one point yeah which so i'm gonna I, look i think they're pretty sure there was um because the I think where where they found evidence of water indicates that there's at least got to be some organisms that lived on the planet at some point. There might, which be, is interesting, there might be microbial but, life. I don't know. Yeah. 
So uh, if they find it, like if they do find some microbial life, th this would be the big one for, for me. Like, I, I think this would be huge. Very unlikely. But let's say they found some that was still, they were able to somehow extract, not with this mission, but in the future, extract some DNA from one of these things somehow. Like if they found one that wasn't maybe even still alive down there in the ice, you never know. If the DNA was the same as Earth DNA, I think it would give us a really good idea of where life may have come from on the planet. Because one of the theories is that some comet came through and deposited organic life or matter or something, whatever the precursors were on Earth, right? Like that that, that might have been one of the things that led to, to life was that there was some kind mm, of comet right. seed. Uh, and if that was coming through the solar system and maybe it had been traveling for a long time and it gradually breaking up and part of it broke up and landed on Mars and part of it broke up and landed on Earth. So we sort of had a common thread. Um, begs all kinds of questions about where the life on that comet came from, of course, but it's possible. Might have been seeded by some uh, alien race in the long ago, you never know. Maybe, maybe, Pretty maybe. Pretty nutty. Yeah. I mean, I've read some yeah. stuff saying that that, uh, what was it, Oumuamua, was that the name of it? The, the rock that came through a couple of years ago, maybe, for came through the solar system. It was shaped like a cigar, basically. Um, and someone, somewhere, some guy claims that that was almost certainly not uh, its a destination was a uh, anomaly in space that looked like Monica Lewinsky's coochie. Hey. <laughs> oh my god! Old, old joke for you there. That's a that's a Jay Leno joke. Yeah, that probably look about Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. yeah, it was a Jay Leno joke. That's all he fucking did for like three years. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious, man! Holy shit! Um, mm. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking uh, really interesting stuff. I love space. My my wife uh, hates space. She she doesn't like to hear about it. She Mrs. Thinks. F's the same. She's like, yeah. eh. She's like, yeah, I was telling right. her about something one time. She's like, will you lay off with like this fucking space <laughs> shit? I don't want to hear any of this. Like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. That's the thing. It's like it doesn't. It, it doesn't really, affect your it life. Doesn't really, if you're, no. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure like some people would would argue like, well, this affects all of us at some point technically, but you know, whatever. It's like it doesn't really affect your day to day. I guess is the point. I love astronomy and all of this stuff and trying to figure out where the what's going on out there and what the hell it all is. Yeah. It's so weird. It's just so weird and like odd to think there's this these vast spaces of nothingness with these burning hot balls of gas mm. in them and sometimes <laughs> loads of different space mm, objects yeah, like yeah. what well, i think it's no. so we talk more about the burning hot uh, balls. it's just it's, it's just if you think about it how weird it all is, it is and how weird, like yeah. out of our i like the the distances are so enormous and the fact that there could be you know other forms of life out there doing stuff making giant things or messing with physics or god knows what they're doing if they even are there oh, it's we, it's just so exciting and so un, so much unknown yeah. so much mystery there's nothing and, and nothing near us we're never going to see aliens god damn it it's a shame but it's never going to happen never 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 well what you if never uh, know. what if somebody invents you like uh you know like in the expanse the guy that accidentally invented like the super hyper Mega Drive or whatever, you know, like you, you never know. I mean, you, you can't be too. I mean, you can. You can. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're like a, right. a friend of mine's a physicist and we were talking about this and it's like the, the only thing that they could really like, there's no way to travel faster than the speed of light. 
right? It's it's impossible. And I was I was watching a video the other day about why that is, because I was like, what if you got that fast and just went one mile an hour faster? You know, what's going to stop you? And, and I, I think as they understand it, or as I understand it, which probably means I don't understand it, the problem is that the event and the causality would be out of sync. So you might, for example, have a collision and then see that collision later or something. And that fundamentally that breaks some law of the universe. So kind please, of like, it's please like, do leave a comment pointing out. It's like, <laughs> like imagine, de imagine desync in uh, Tarkov. It's like that. It's like Tarkov desync, but yeah. with the speed of light and exactly, causality exactly. and cause and effect. So I, I think that would be an issue. And also right. that there, there are also physical constraints on the fact that traveling that fast requires so much fucking energy. Like even traveling at like 6% of the speed of light is insane. The amount of energy that hmm. that requires and the amount of time and speed that you need to be going so that's an issue so the the solution is that we don't actually we, we cheat by not traveling but sort of bending space or wormholes which is a yeah. big one right but we haven't seen a wormhole that's... have we there's no feels evidence pretty... for wormholes it's just feels pretty dodgy as well to start fucking with bending space Do you know what yeah I mean? it feels you can pretty... really screw feels... some shit up like um feels pretty scary stuff well the, here's it's the thing you, you've heard strange. about planet planet x or whatever it's called right i'm not talking about that ridiculous um what is it called nibiru shit where there's an where... exoplanet headed here what what they're saying is that the 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 way that the outer planets so pluto and whatever the other shitty dwarf planets that nobody cares about in the in the suburbs of the solar system out there, those ones, uh, that their axis of rotation and their sort of orbits cannot be explained unless you put another planet with a mass 10 times the Earth out in the distant orbit of the sun. That if we put one there, it explains it all. But we can't see it, and it's very hard to find right. it. So one of the things is that it might be very hard to find because it's not a planet but a, a small black hole. So it would be about the size of an orange, and it would have a mass 10 times the size of the Earth at that right. size. And I'm thinking, in because I've been playing Stellaris lately, my first thought was, <laughs> yeah. my first thought was, ah, so when we unlock the black hole wormhole technology, luckily our solar system comes equipped with a miniature black hole. Perfect. All we need to do is miniaturize ourselves down to the size of an orange, mm. and then we'll be able to we can walk zip through. through. Okay. Oh, so that's so, all right. something. So ch something. complete change of subject here. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I was watching a film called Witness, which is a Harrison Ford film, 80s film, very good movie, um, about a guy who, um, he's a cop. It's about a bunch of corrupt cops. And this little kid, this little Amish kid, witnesses a murder when he's when he's on a trip to Baltimore and then he has to be protected by Harrison Ford because the corrupt police know they were the ones who did the murder sort of thing. Um, so he has to go live with the Amish for a while. And one of the ways he kills one of the guys in the film, spoiler alert, but it's a fucking nearly a 50 year old movie, so fuck you. He dumps a load of grain on this guy in a silo. And I was like, man, that's gonna be a way to go. Right. Grain. That's a very Amish way to go, I think. It is. Like, that's like a... So I Googled about dying in a grain silo and the first result was grain entrapment slash engulfment. And right. then I started reading all about this and articles about this. And the, the, here's the thing, when they store grain in a silo, and it can be any kind of grain, not just like wheat or whatever, but any kind of grain, corn is a very common one. They stack it up in the silo, and when they're pack, putting it in there, you want to pack it down, because it doesn't settle. Like It's not like water, where it just automatically finds the lowest level. It's all little bobbles of, of stuff, and they all get stuck together and everything like that. So you have to like vibrate it till it well, turns no, into like a liquid. Well, no, you don't stomp up and down on is it. Is that right? That's the, that's the, that's the budget oh, way of doing it. Oh, brilliant. Okay? So one of the problems is sure. sometimes you get moisture, obviously getting into the silo, it's not airtight, a lot of them, and that causes a sort of crust of grain on top. And when you're stamping on the grain to sort of get it down, uh, that can break and you can become engulfed 
um, in the grain. So there's, there, there might be a void in the grain below that where you're jumping up and down moves that, unsettles the grain, and you're suddenly getting sucked into it like quicksand. So the grain acts a little bit like a liquid and then it kind of flows and all the rest of it, but it's also quite different. The pressure is very strange. Um, if you get into the grain up to your knees, just up to your knees, um, with some difficulty, you'll be able to extract yourself, okay? Any higher than that, up to the waist, you're gonna need another person, at least one other person to help you. And any higher than that, and it's a full-on rescue, special equipment, everything like that. Right. Just up to up to your neck in grain, they won't be able to get you out. Because if you, you know, it's like digging in dry sand. You try and move the grain, of course, more just flows in. So they have this big tube of metal that they put around you and they build it in parts. So it's like a four-stage thing. And they push that down into the grain, then they dig the grain out and then they can pull you out. And then the grain flows back. But I was like, damn, how bad would it be to die suffocating in it in grain? Well, I, I, and any suffocation oh, drowning wow. would just be of course, horrendous, right? But it's grain, so it, it feels wholesome yeah. and natural. You see little Quaker Oats guy <laughs> on the side of the you. box. Yeah, yeah, he is. There's Tony the Tiger. There's, there's all these... people out there probably taking recommended grain baths. Yeah, probably. take a grain bath. That's yeah. Gwyneth fucking Paltrow's shoving a pussy full of grain every chance Jesus she gets. Jesus Christ, Flex. <laughs> <laughs> well, does that help you stay buoyant in the grain or not, though? Do you, a PU55Y full, full of grain? This, um, I, the, I don't know if you guys have seen this on uh, Netflix. It was, uh, it was the documentary about that Canadian girl that went um, traveling to the US and um, disappeared yes, from the Cecil Hotel. And, Elisa Lam, her name And then was. was found dead in the in one of the water tanks on the roof of the hotel. Oh, yeah. That's a bit of a spoiler. But, I mean, yeah, so Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, it's called on Netflix. And it was. I watched it. It's, I thought it was a bit of a weak documentary because it had so many fucking YouTubers and well, it was, uh, all these yeah. people like, oh, I couldn't wait to go to the hotel and stay there. Yeah. Oh, and look, at, was, look at where she parts died. Parts of it weren't great. The story it's, itself is really, really interesting and a bit creepy. Yeah. I think it could have been it two, is two episodes creepy. probably with a combination of uh, episodes one, two, and four. And I think they could have just left episode three out. It was just too weird with the whole like internet sleuth angle and stuff but overall though i enjoyed it like i wasn't familiar with the, the with the story and uh i was uh i was i was creeped out by it as well it, it is a very it's one of the, the the famous stories because of the fact that the police released this quite odd video of her behaving very erratically. Yeah. Yeah. i remember this from the it was re it's really sad though because it's she's she had she she had uh she was bipolar she was on a lot of medication for it she had had episodes of psychosis like previously and um i think her her family were were sort of like you know helpful with it but didn't really want many people to know that that was the case and stuff and um like when you when you sort of look at it you piece it all together and certainly the conclusion they came to was that you know she was under medicating at the time uh she had a history of sort of doing that as well and then disappearing or you know thinking wow. that she was seeing things and and stuff and uh if you look at like the 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 footage of her in the elevator it looks like she's talking to somebody that's not there and people people were convinced that there was somebody there and that somebody murdered her but when you look at it like oh my god they, to to murder somebody and then carry them up to the top of a water tank and dump the body in there and stuff like there's just no evidence that any of that happened and it's just I think it's just a I I think nobody wants to just accept that it's just just a really sad story uh, yeah. of of you know somebody with uh with 
a diminished mental health at, at, at that time sort of thing, even though there was medication and help available. It's just, it, it's just, it's just really sad. I mean, she's 21 years old. So like. basically, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting because it's similarity to the grain silo thing that, you know, once she climbed into this water tower for whatever reason, yeah, um, she just couldn't get out. No. Um, and so she sort of almost like paradoxically took all her clothes off thinking that would help her stay yeah. afloat and that would let her climb out more easily. But it, it, it didn't, and she drowned in there, unfortunately. And, yeah, and but it's that mundanity of grain or could, a water tower or whatever that makes it scary. It doesn't sound that dangerous either. Like, if, if you were just a, a teenager messing around, you know, exploring a building, you got to the roof and there was a water tower, you might think, fuck it, I'll jump in, and it's really hot or whatever, you know. It's, it's like a swimming pool. It must be, be interesting and weird yeah. and stupid. And you don't realise sometimes what you've... So I can see like the angle of that. I think that the fact that it did happen in this very terrible area meant that people assumed some sketchy guy had yeah. like abducted I mean, her it's like, or some. You know, like Skid Row is not like the the best place to to be. Like I, I know, like you know, cities are changing, and you know, there, there's probably some gentrification that's happened there or or whatever, and they're trying to you know, revitalize like that downtown area. But th this is a, this is a, an area of LA that's known uh, for just being, you know, very, very, very poor, very drug infested violence, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of a dumping ground for, um, for, for the, the, the sort of unwanted of society, right? Like, well, also that's where a lot of the shelters are. Yeah. And so they end up getting bussed to that area to go to the shelters and then they get let out of the shelters. So they end up they on the streets around that area. Yeah. So it is, it is historically, there's lots of reasons why it's such a big problem. Yeah. Um, and it's always been a problem. It's always been a poor area. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough. We've seen it. We've been to San Francisco and Los Angeles, and we've seen these districts like um, is it Tenderloin in San Francisco, where there's a lot of yeah, I think it's a lot of homeless yeah. people, and it's really kind of really you suddenly and it's strange. It's we always talk about how strange it is, how how strange America is, where you can just suddenly take a wrong turn. And I'm sure there's areas like like it in London as well, Not on but, the same level. Um, like I, I've never been scared in parts of of london i mean there are some council estates i've been on or there was one i lived on for a while that i was like this is a shithole and i was like worried but it wasn't like yeah i've, I've been to places in the states where i'm literally like oh, we need to get the fuck out of here like this is yeah this yeah, is absolutely. bad it, it's it's very different there so yeah i mean there's this true crime sort of boom on on netflix really and these places i've watched i watch all of those, these things and i really like them and they're really interesting stories murder stories they're huge podcasts as well like some of so i listen to some podcasts that are huge podcasts us. They're oh all God, just, yeah. They're very murder porn, though. They're very like they are misery my, porn. My big thing at the moment is disasters because I did actually get down a bit of a rabbit hole and started reading about more. And I've I've got three more for you if you want. Disasters. And they get, yeah, but they they get worse. Okay. They get progressively worse. And the final <laughs> one is sounds like the final one sounds like a cartoon. Honestly, it's it's so ridiculous. So the first one I looked at was the Capron disaster, right. which was at a ski resort. I, I'd never heard of any of these, by the way. The Capron disaster was a train that's like pulled by a cable at a ski resort. And it goes up through this tunnel in the mountain to the top. And a fire broke out on the train in the tunnel. As 155 people Jesus. died on this train because they couldn't get out. And there's like the, the fire melted the radio so they couldn't call for help oh and there was an, another train coming down the tunnel while they're going up and a load of people on that one died of smoke inhalation and everything and it was like this toxic smoke just killing people 
I think about 10 or 15 people managed to escape by smashing windows at the back with their ski poles and then running down the tunnel. And I was like, God, that's fucking awful. Like, you would not expect that no. at all. Not, then, in the year, not in the year 2000. At a ski resort of all places? This yeah. is this is like a it's like a, a, a luxury place to, yeah, to you, be, Yeah, you just right? think you they wouldn't... know what's going on. I guess it was the same with the Titanic, though. I mean... Right, exactly. People are on a, but, on but a luxury on. Was a cruise of, liner. There was a lot of hubris around the sure, Titanic. But... It's unsinkable. I would never have got on a ship that they claimed was unsinkable in a million fucking years. That's just asking for trouble, dare that's I say. That's asking for, yeah, that's asking for karma to get you, isn't yeah. it? So then there was the, the Salang Tunnel fire in Afghanistan. During the Soviet-Afghan war, there was this fire in a tunnel. A lot of tunnel fires. So that up. so that Capran disaster thing yeah. happened in 2000. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm surprised I've never heard about it, but also right, it's right. relatively modern, right? I was going skiing in that sort of time, and it felt right. like these places were very... Very crisp and clean. It felt like it wouldn't happen in Austria. Right. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could you could imagine that happening in some terrible ski resort down in no, you know, but I mean, look at look at what like airliners that that crash and stuff. You know, like it's they, it, they're few and far between. But when they happen, you you realize, holy crap! Like we, I've been to to places before, and I've never thought twice about um, going on public transportation or going into a building or. or you know, whatever you you just take for granted that these places are safe, and yeah. you never even think about it. I can't so imagine talking how buildings, fucking there was one in one in Bangladesh. I think it was Bangladesh, and it was like a, one of those buildings that's like got a mall in it and offices and shops and all the rest of it, and the whole fucking thing just collapsed. Oh my they'd seen God. some they'd seen some cracks in it, and a bunch of people had said, "I'm not going in," and a bunch of offices had closed. But there were a bunch of other things like garment factory or something in there, and they were just like, "Yeah, crack on. It's just some cracks." And the whole thing just fell, blam, and killed a whole bunch of people. Jesus. That's the kind of thing, like, you could be there on fucking holiday and a building falls on you, like, well, you know, you could be working day in, day out in some miserable clothes factory. Yeah. And you're forced to go into work, and the fucking building falls. You know, so those are awful. I see cracks on the side of every building. There was a, but these uh, were big cracks. There was right. a um, these were big cracks. A couple of years ago in Montreal, there was like a like a highway overpass that collapsed. Yeah, I can't remember if um, if anybody was was hurt or or killed. It's in a it, big but problem in America, you know. That's of, nuts, though, they... to think that you you just you know. On any given day, you're just driving home on that highway, and then an overpass collapses. Jesus oh my God, yeah. Christ! Five five people were killed in that. By the way, yes, oh the Salang Tunnel fire in Afghanistan was uh, the the Soviets have not really, in very typical Russian fashion, or the Soviet fashion anyway, they have not released specific details. They're like, oh, it was just an accident. The Afghans were claiming that they set off a bomb in the tunnel, and this was like a chain reaction of things exploding. And to make it worse, the Soviets put tanks at either end of the tunnel because they thought some insurgents might get out that had started this. So no one was allowed to leave. And this, there's smoke everywhere. Cars are exploding. It's like a chain reaction. Jesus. People are trying to get out and they can't get out. And I thought, that sounds fucking awful. But then I hit on the MV Donya Paz. <laughs> oh, no. What is this? This? this, is like, this is like disaster top trumps. I know. The MV Donya Paz has oh to take God. the cake. All right, This, this was a passenger horrible. ferry. Passenger ferry laden with people, and it collides with an oil tanker. This is over, I think, in the Philippines or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Collides with an oil tanker. So when is, the, when is this? 1987, uh, it, it says. Yeah, right. Okay. So the M MV Donya Paz passenger ferry. There's no radio on board. They've locked away the life jackets. The crew has no idea what they're doing, and the ship is massively overloaded with people. Right. Crashes into this oil tanker, 
starts to sink. The oil tanker's going down as well. Fire breaks out. The ocean is on fire, and people have to jump off the ship into the burning ocean, which is also <laughs> shark infested. Oh my! <laughs> this is so oh, awful. That is I know. awful. It's, it's so bad and it just i was just reading this and every time it could like it was adding another layer onto it i was like oh man yeah that sucks and the water caught fire i was like well that's fucking bad and it was shark infested i was like what the fuck like this is like a cartoon this is horrible so that was the worst one that i could find because it just felt like everything went wrong and you could imagine people like we'll put on the life jackets oh we've locked them away and we can't find the key uh why have the lights gone out because we're incompetent let's call for help the radio's broken and we haven't got one anyway Whoa! Just how how fucking awful can you get? Four thousand people, four and a half thousand people were on board. Only twenty five people survived. Oh my oh, god, it's, it's unbelievable. That is such a disaster, man. I, oh my I don't, god, we not heard of this. I, I really don't want to like. Oh man, maybe I shouldn't. I was just gonna say though. Imagine like sharks had a society where they were able to like recount like tales of stuff that happened or whatever. That <laughs> you guys remember Donya Pass? Oh, those <laughs> were some. Those were the good days. <laughs> I don't want to. I mean, I feel terrible for those stupid humans. There were four thousand of them piled onto a boat, just like <laughs> a sushi platter for us. Sake. Biggest barbecue these shark waters have ever seen. <laughs> God, <laughs> fuck's sake! Oh, that's horrific. That is horrific. Jesus. It's awful. Oh no. But uh, was... so if you go looking, you'll find all of these, and they're always like here. We still talk about what was that one? The uh, Potter's Bar crash, uh, train crash a few years ago. People still talk about that, and we talk about you know crash. I mean, obviously, if we take terrorist attacks out of the equation, sure. when it comes to disasters, they tend to live long in our memory if they're local, but they also tend not to have like. A thousand people dying or whatever. Whereas when you go to other parts of the world where the laws are a lot more lax, safety standards are much less, this kind of shit happens all the time. And in the past, it used to happen in Britain and in America. We'd get like, um, there was one in, I can't remember, it might have been San Francisco, it might have been, no, it was Texas Texas Bay or Dallas Bay or something. Some, some ship laden with ammonium nitrate comes into the harbor and it's on fire and they're trying to put it out and it's got all these, they do all this wrong stuff and the whole fucking thing blows up. A bit like um, happened in, uh, was it Lebanon recently? Oh was yeah, it Beirut? God, that, Beirut, was, that was unbelievable. That ship so it's like that. That kind of thing used to happen in America and in, in Britain before we brought in all these safety standards. And it pisses me off when I read about this stuff because people like, health and safety got mad and oh, but the reason we have it is because we've been through this shit and they don't have it. And now you've got people jumping into shark-infested waters to be barbecued. Well, I feel like what this is, is this is just, again, the psychology of humans, right? It's where people... When nothing happens, it's people get la la lax and laxer and yeah, laxer they, and laxer with the rules. Builds. They become complacent oh, right, yeah. until something happens that goes wrong. Yeah, and, and then, then they're everyone like, Whose fault was this? and then everyone fixes it. Yeah, it's funny it. to think that like where where we're at now with all of the all of the guidelines and the and the investigations and and everything you know health and safety all all of that had to had to come about from off the back of people getting into accidents or there being yeah. disasters or people dying right because otherwise nobody's really gonna forward think most of that right. some of it is uh, of course but like for the most part it's, all, it's, it's off the back of experience. yeah it's yeah, off the it's... back of just like 
human sacrifice to, to to make everybody else somewhat safer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything, like even like from like the Challenger disaster or like Aberfan, where they had the coal mine slip and in Wales, like all of these disasters have led to very quick and immediate outrage and action to change practices. Right. Yeah. Like, um, you know, often. You know the the the, the play the, the flight industry is one of the safest in the world. Oh, those heady those heady pre-COVID days where we would fly around the world and visit places, but they were very and they still are very very diligent and very like obsessed with accidents. And I think it's because the idea of a plane accident has been so glamorized and dra- dramatized in people's minds. A lot of people still feel that right, that plane travel is dangerous when in fact it's the safest. Oh, travel by yeah. some margin. I think a lot of people feel like they won't get hit crossing the road, but that's like the most likely time you're going to be killed by a car. You know, um, it's it's one of the things that we 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 do we've surrendered our our you know a lot of our land, especially in cities. So these very dangerous. But I've almost been hit by this this car zoomed through a junction um, like the other day, like just 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 some crazy. I don't know why, like zoomed through a junction right in front of me, like through a red light. And, you know, if I wasn't paying attention, I was just sort of blithely meandering across the road. I could I could have been killed. I think everyone has experienced that right at some point on a road. I think that they're they're super, super dangerous. So watch out, guys out there, even in even in this Pre, pre post COVID world where there's no supposed to be no one on the streets, it's still dangerous. Yeah, can, watch out, can, look after yourself. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of like um, kind of stuff with like the the kind of rose tinted nostalgia goggles of um, COVID. Like because because I've been watching two things this week. I watched a bit more Superstore, which is this terrible kind of. It's it on looks Netflix bad. Now. Is it any good? It looks really bad. Yeah, it's not great. The first season's not great, but it picks up a little bit. And I have you so watched it. Sort what's of, a little bit of not great? though it's still it can't be worth watching it's, it, well then again i'd rather watch like some light-hearted comedy thing that's not very good than some miserable fucking yeah murder i don't drama think it's healthy to watch time i, I get recommended murder stuff because i've watched a couple i watched uh what is it called was it the staircase is that what oh that staircase was, the, was really interesting that was that was great yeah. and i watched the one about the guy steven something or other Stephen Avery making a murder yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was a, interesting that was as really well good. yeah i watched the one about the night's night Hunter, that Night was Stalker, uh, upsetting. Night yeah. Dude. That was, that upsetting, was upsetting. But yeah. I watched those three. I, I don't really watch a lot of true crime stuff because it feels lurid to me and kind of like pulpy, you know? It is. And so, yeah. some of them are really bad. Some of them are bad. And yeah. like revel in it. Um, I don't want to watch the one about Peter Sutcliffe and all. I don't, I don't want to watch anything about the fucking Fred and Rosemary West. I don't want to uh, no, see all this stuff. That's, uh, yeah, there's, some I, of it feels pretty seedy and gross. And yeah, anyway, I I had enough of it. So I watched, I watched that and I also watched The Flight Attendant, which is this TV show with with um, the woman from the Big Bang Theory, uh, which I haven't watched all of. What's her name? Penny from Big Bang Theory? No idea. Do you know? Do you, was do you watch she it? Blossom? I don't Blossom? think I've ever watched a single episode of that show. Okay. And I'm no, grateful I've, I've for watched, it as well. I watched a few minutes of it, and it's so fucking awful, and I hate well, it's, all the characters. It's, it's terrible, but you should know who the characters I don't, are. I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm actually uh, pleased okay. to announce I couldn't name one of them. <laughs> Fuck that show. I know they say Bazonga. Bazonga! Isn't that one of the things Bazinga. on the show? Yeah, yeah, Bazinga, yeah, yeah. whatever. And I know that there's um, and one of the girls who's very clever, and she's very clever in real life. She's played by the girl who was Blossom, for anyone that grew up in the 80s. I remember Blossom. Blossom was a popular TV show. And then there's the, the fit one. That's all I know. She's the fit one. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. So she's in this... Um, 
I guess now she's loaded because that's what happens to people who are in an incredibly popular sitcom when they get like, paid I, I hundreds believe of thousands the most, of pounds I believe it's episodes. the most successful sitcom of all time, by the way. I I'm pretty sure. What, Blossom? Which is... Yeah, no, no, no. Big Bang Fucking Theory. Big, oh, Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory, yeah. yeah. It probably would be. Oh, no, but I mean, Seinfeld's got to still be top, right? Dude, I'm pretty sure it's... In terms a, of it's, money gross syndication and stuff? Yes, I, I mean, Seinfeld's big, been though. around longer. I'd say Fresh Prince has probably made more money and been around much longer than Big Bang Theory. So, so. Friends and the Big Bang Theory. Friends, the of biggest. course, yeah. Jesus Christ. Friends and the Big Bang Theory. So, did you know Frasier's coming back? I, I heard, heard this. somebody I say something this. about this, yeah. They're rebooting it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, anyway, anyway I, I, I really enjoyed watching The Flight Attendant. It felt like this time when The Flight Attendant, it was, it was nice. It's like a nice pre-COVID like mouthwash. I don't know. It felt like a kind of... I don't know. Like, I just worry that the world's different now, and I'm scared. You gotta watch. That, no, you gotta gonna watch Ted Lasso, Lewis. You'll like it. You want if you want. I can't get it. I can't get you gotta, it. You can sign up to Apple TV Plus for a month for free, and you can watch that in like two days. To. I don't want to because fuck Apple. Okay, but it. anyway, I mean, if if you're looking for something lighthearted that's uh, that's right. actually good, I'll, Ted Lasso is a good out. shout for sure. Okay, good shout. Yeah. Oh, here's another one for you. Shit's Creek. Oh, I heard, Have you seen that? I've, I've seen that, but I haven't watched so, it. Like, I've seen it on Netflix. Mrs. F converted me to it. She was like, the first couple of episodes, you won't, like, you won't be super into it. But this now, is how I, I, I felt love too. this show. Like, it is, Shit's Creek is so fucking funny. The characters are brilliant. It's got all the old the, the SCTV really guys good. in it, right? Like really Eugene has. Levy yeah, yeah. and Car Carol, yes. Carol, whatever. Car is it O'Hara? O'Hara, yeah. Catherine O'Hara, yeah. yeah. She's, she's brilliant. But it, honestly, I, I really, really recommend Shit's Creek. There are some of the episodes are, are just hilarious. And it's just the characters are so good. And um, her, her character, Moira, is so fucking good. She's like mm. this. She used to be an actress. So the setup is that they were very wealthy family, laid low by the IRS, who've taken all their money away. And now they've gone to the only place that they have, which is that they bought this town, Shit's Creek. The father bought it because he thought it was funny. He just bought it as a joke for his son. But they actually do own the town, right? So and then they have to go they live go, there. But they, they, yeah, but they still have no money. Um, but they sort of go there and they find that you know things are kind of busted there. It's, it's like such a very an American concept that you can buying a town. Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't even know where that. How I think maybe that is even like not not a thing. But I think it is. But anyway, you should go watch it. It's very funny. We we just finished watching good. a bunch of stuff and we were looking for something new to watch. And um, I, I've got a, a now TV subscription because I was I used it to watch like Game of Thrones when it was on and a bunch of other stuff, and uh, that's just how I can get like access to HBO stuff over here too. Oh yeah, God. I was looking around for something to watch and I saw True Detective season three and I was like, okay, I loved season one. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Season one was great. Season two, I was not fond of. I thought it was no. pretty bad. And the script uh, was so bad. Yeah, and so I thought you know three. Could be good, but might be bad. But let's try it out anyway. Man, we were hooked. Like, uh, kids went to school. We watched four episodes in one day. Like, it was, un oh, wow. un yeah, it was one of those shows. It was just like, bam, it was great. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. I can, I can highly recommend it. Season three, it's uh, a bit like season one in terms of uh, quality. Okay. Story is um, not not like identical but like uh, there's similarities and there's some there's a there's a, a tie back in it to uh season one as well which is kind you know of cool. you know in season one it, it what blew my mind like i love that show like you i i absolutely love that show yeah i thought that 
the the characters like I thought Matthew McConaughey was so good. Oh, he was so Woody good. Harrelson was so yeah, good. Yeah, both I, just, of them. I love the characters. I love the setting. I love what they were trying to uncover. Yeah. I thought it was such a good mystery. Yeah. You know, at the end when he looks and he sees stars in that thing, like the guy actually is fucking summoning some kind of portal of some kind. Do you remember that? I bit don't at remember the end? that bit. No. When do you oh, remember yeah, they go I to do. confront him and they're that. fighting the big guy who's like the leader? I remember of it all. that not liking that bit at the end, uh, like the very end of season <laughs> one, where they, it was like they were in like that creepy haunted house yeah. maze and stuff, and I just thought whatever like i get it it's a show and like the rest of the show more than makes up for the fact that this scene isn't actually that great and not not really the best way to end the show on this season it's very but... sta- it was very standard kill the bad yeah, guy yeah. and Which final I, level um so uh, season three seemed to almost lead up to something like that and i was a bit worried that it was going to be kind of the same and then was pl- pleasantly surprised the way season three works is kind of the same as season one it's a lot of it is retrospective so like it's right they're older they've moved on but this case haunts them <clears throat> and they have to talk about it but there's three different right. timelines there's like the case when it happens in 1980 and the detectives that are working it and then in 1990 10 years later there's a whole bunch of threads of story uh, about the aftermath of the case when they moved on and stuff and then uh much further on 2015 they're like old ass men they're in their 70s they've got you know grown kids you know whatever um and that's when like you know it goes on all that time and then in in 2015 is kind of when they finally start to figure out what's going on sort of thing right but it's really really well done it's really well written it's really interesting uh, like it, yeah. it just it, it keeps you hooked you know you just like same as season one you know like the just the theme of it like the acting is is phenomenal like oh man it's so good i can't recommend it enough actually like it's really worth a watch it's it's not you know it's what? not you know too the... upsetting either you know it's not like yeah it's not so dark that it's like unwatchable or anything before like we that. Ca- i have to actually i actually have to go sorry but we've got, i've got a meeting sorry but um I, if we could just put a pin is, on is this. this not a meeting yeah this is a meeting of minds residence association yeah it's about those pigeons he's got to talk about seagulls or, right. has he got Oh my god. Yeah, no. he left. Alright, well there you go. <laughs> Thank you everyone for for listening to the podcast this week. Yeah. Um we'll we'll see you all next week. Stay safe. Stay, safe. Stay safe. Be careful. Be careful. Lots and, of love. Uh, Goodbye. See you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.